right, and we're live. Hey, everybody, it's Angela Humphreys um, broadcasting for Woes and Wake and doing another special edition about the um, woes in Washington, D.C. that happened January 6, 2021. And I thought it would be really important to have a couple of uh, folks chime in and give us their um, their eyewitness stories. So tonight you can see Paula on the screen and you should be able to hear uh, Leslie uh, Anderson um, scratching around in the background. She's on my cell phone. So we're doing what we can to get uh, folks together and amplified and sharing stories. And hopefully if you're watching, you'll find something useful out of this and maybe you wanna share with your networks as well. Later, I'm gonna download it to Rumble. So it will be shared on a uh, more right-leaning or free speechy website. So um, Sandy already says, hey. So hey, Sandy, glad you're there. So welcome, ladies. Um, I think Paula is going to go first and talk a little bit about what she saw yesterday. So January 6th was the big day. Today is January 7th, I believe. So Paula, what did you see and who did you go with, first of all? Well, um, my husband and I went. We um, almost brought our 17-year-old daughter, but she decided last minute it might be too dangerous. So she wanted to stay home. So okay. um, that, that was fine. So it was a nice um, date day for my husband and I. So we got to finally spend some time together. So um, we drove up to DC, leaving at 5.30 in the morning Ooh. and um, made it a day trip just due to our work schedules and came back um, late last night. So um, we got there, we parked, we walked for a good bit and um, finally got down to the ellipse and got to meet um, patriots from all over the country when we were walking down. It was it was nice to connect with people and kind of get a vibe for how people were feeling about the day and about things in general and about Trump and about the state of the country. And it's always good to get together with people like that and meet new faces and hear their stories. So, um, so that was great. We got down to the ellipse. We listened to Trump speak with about a million other people or more. It was jam-packed. And then we, um, after that was over, I think he started an hour later than was scheduled. When that was over, I think that was about one o'clock, we walked up to the Capitol and um, me and my husband, we, and we actually um, carpooled up with a group of friends who um, drove in a separate car and we met up there and we all walked to the Capitol together. Um, there was about, I guess, all together, including me and my husband, seven of us. And we got there ahead of most people and just kind of placed ourselves on the statue fountain. I don't know what you would call it behind the Capitol building and just kind of set up to live do Facebook live and just kind of waited for people to come up from the ellipse. Yeah. That's how I kind of knew you were there. Cause you did, I saw your live stream. It, I think it alerted me on Facebook and uh, I was like, Ooh, tell me what's going on. And Ooh, Ooh, I would go past that barricade, but it was, it wasn't very close to the Capitol at all. It was like a football field away. And I was like, I would want to be closer so they could hear me saying, you know, I want a fair election from outside, not to, you know, invade or anything like that. I would just want to be closer because I know I had been closer in the past, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is the first time I'd ever been to the Capitol in this type of situation. So I don't, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I've been to the March for Life before, but um, I don't, I don't think we ever made it that close to the Capitol in the March for Life. But yeah, they did have barricades set up. And um, from 
where I was, you could see that people were definitely pushing through the barricades to get on the other side. So, but I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't get that that close. It, the fountain was maybe, well, you could kind of see if I showed you the Facebook Live again. It wasn't particularly close, but I was okay with that. I didn't want to be too, too close. So Okay, yeah, that sounded smart because I think you were like, hey, it's getting dense kind of quickly. All those people from back there are all coming here. I think I think that was your stream that said something like that. Like, hey, we are leaving this and we're coming here. And you were like yeah. on the move. So yes, it was so it was so jam-packed down at the ellipse. We got ourselves stuck in a situation in the middle of that crowd where we almost couldn't get out. We were like packed in like sardines and it was very claustrophobic so by the time we got Ooh. to the capital i was like i do not want to be in that situation again i want to distance myself so i don't get trapped in a crowd again because if it was really a dangerous situation and the fact that if there was some kind of panic or or some kind of disruption or explosion or some kind of stampede of people we probably would have been crushed i mean there was no way around it and i thought i don't want to get in that situation again so yeah that's millions crazy. of people there it was it was crazy so Newsmax reported that it was like 100,000 people there. So I have no idea on how these outlets count people. But yeah, I understand you're not the only one who said, yeah, if there was an emergency, I don't know how emergency services would have responded. Although we did hear and see uh, ambulance and paramedic trucks driving by. But mm -hmm. like with the phones all being locked down, like that alone, like ha having no alert system was a little alarming to me. But I was like, well, let's not panic, people. Let's not talk about that. And um, to someone else I was talking to earlier about coming on. And it's funny, you you brought the same thing up, too, just by chance. So I, I've i been up there a lot, but I haven't been packed in like a sardine. Um, like the uh, Leslie and I, we did attend the, um, what was it, Franklin Graham's prayer march. And mm. uh there was a lot of people across a lot of space. Um, but it, I don't think it was ever like packed in like sardines, but I was worried about that. That's why um, I was cautious with my injury. Um, Cause I was like, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to flood the Capitol and I need to be careful because I'm broken. <laughs> um, so someone also said before our broadcast tonight, I was like, did you see anything crazy? And they were like, I mean, I saw someone throw a gum wrapper on the ground and then they picked it up, if you mean <laughs> crazy like that. So I thought that was kind of cute. Jennifer says, hey. Hey, Jennifer. Um, Glad you're yeah. watching. I didn't, I mean, until everything was calm and normal and um, just, it was almost like the March for Life type of atmosphere that we, we had been to last January. The only time things got weird was when we when we got up to the capitol and more people started arriving and okay. then it started getting like something was off so you know it wasn't the same type of feel that we had back at the ellipse and, yeah and you said something about noises in in the backstage area we were talking about did you see anything weird not like the gum wrapper thing um weren't you saying something about loud noises yes it was um like well, I, I guess we had been up there maybe 20 minutes or so, and we started hearing what sounded like a bomb go off um, and just like loud explosions. But it was bizarre because nobody was acting like a bomb went off. There was no panic. Okay. Nobody was running. Everyone was just looking around like, what on earth is that? And um, then people suggested that it was 
tear gas bombs or flash bombs or just, you know, ways to kind of stun the crowd. And then we started hearing like a half hour later, actual sounds like a cannon. Like I was starting to get like 1776 revolutionary vibes because there was people playing drums, like like a fife and drum corps. And then we started hearing these cannons. Wow. And I was like, this is bizarre because I don't know where that's coming from. It, it was almost like it was coming from a loudspeaker from the Capitol. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I was getting like Disney Pirates of the Caribbean ride vibes. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and no, nobody was reacting though. So I was like, well, I guess we're safe because there's nobody panicked. There's nobody running. I don't see fire. It was bizarre. I don't know. I don't know what that was about. Okay. So Leslie, are you still there? What, um, let's share your stories. And then like, after you share yours, let's um, compare Let's see if there's like any overlap. Um, I might have to hold you up to the microphone. So maybe Polly, you can help me um, gauge whether you can hear Leslie or not. Okay. Okay. So, so how was your trip to DC? <laughs> it was an amazing trip. It honestly was. If I had to check my phone to know what was going on, I wouldn't have even honestly realized all of the just really bad things that happened. So, um, I am against violence, first of all, and I'm against, um, it doesn't matter where it comes from. And so, you know, that to me, um, it really bothered me. But I will tell you that uh, the day before is when we arrived. Um, we were staying with some friends that I had met at a previous rally in Wilmington. And it was um, really nice, you know, really, you know, we were very trusting, very friendly, very accommodating. And it was just a really sweet thing that we were able to just meet up with people that I've that I've met, you know, at a previous rally and just share a home together. So, so we did that and, um, we, came, we got there at about the uh, middle of the day, the day before. And the first thing we did after dropping off stuff is, you know, we just decided to walk on down to the Supreme court building. And we just listened to some of the Virginia women for Trump were putting on their event and they, uh, they had some speakers and, you know, we just kind of listened to that and it was nice. Um, we got to see Bryson Gray perform and, took some pictures with him and saw nice. Roger Stone's and uh, Roger Stone is, he's just very, um, he's very passionate and encouraging too. And so it was just nice to see that. And uh, both of them are just um, really great in person as well. And then, um, I mean, after that, we, we left, we came back, had dinner and said, you know, let's just get to bed and let's, let's get started early the next day because we really wanted to make uh, the next day really count. And so we got up. And we walked in the dark just about, it was, it was very early, but we knew that it was going to be crazy and just crowded and just so many people. And so we got up very early when it was still dark, took some really cool pictures. I haven't even posted them yet because I've just been going through a lot of texts and things from people. And, um, you know, as you're walking, you know, people just start filing in together. And so, you know, you start, you end up your, by the time we got there, we were walking with like, you know, 50 other people and, um, one of the men was from New York and, you know, we asked him, you know, what's going on in New York. He's like, it's really, really bad. Um, and he was friends with one of the people that actually ran for office. And he just said, you know, we said, what are you guys going to do? You know, we heard a lot of people are moving away from New York and he just said, nah, he's like, we're not moving away. We're going to stand and we're going to try to, you know, speak out and, and, uh, stop, stop the, the problems that they're seeing up there in New York. And um, anyways, by the time we got down to the ellipse down by the White House, it was probably about 730 in the morning. And we stayed there, talked to people. The line was already forming from the White House 
uh, uh, Secret Service people all the way back to the Washington Monument. It had wrapped around by the African American Museum and was already coming back uh, on the sidewalk that was on Pennsylvania Avenue, sort of right in front of the, the Washington Monument. And so, and then there was other, there were like other lines. I mean, it was, there were so many people. We, we just didn't even know where to go. So we talked to a couple and they just said, yeah, stay right here. They're getting ready to clear the street. And then after that, you know, we're going to get in line over here. So anyways, we ended up somehow, I guess, luckily getting in front of, I guess it, we, we just end up like sort of at the, it really wasn't the front of the line, but it was definitely where we were going to get into uh, the Trump um, rally, I guess you could call it, because it was really more of a rally at that moment. And um, so the people that we were with in line, everyone had to give up their, you know, canisters, their drinks of water, their flags, their everything. So um, there was nobody that was armed with anything, I can tell you that. And we went in through Secret Service and we got into the other side by about 11.30. So what we did between 7.30 and 11.30 was, was amazing. It was meeting people. It was exchanging stories, where are you from, you know, what's your interest in all this, what do you think is going to happen, um, taking selfies with people, um, there was a lot of music, so we were dancing, and we were singing together, and hmm. just meeting people from all walks of life. Very nice. Um, so while you were talking, it looks like Lana joined, she may or may not still be there, let's see. And Paula, your microphone was crackling a little bit, so I did mute you, but you're unmuted. Um, so Lana, can you hear us? I saw you say yes, but I didn't hear you. Yes. <laughs> Yay, all right. So Lana joined. Um, Leslie, if you wanna stick around and hear Lana's story, we could compare all three of you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much time you all have. I know Paula has uh, 8.45, but we're at 8.20 right now. So if you guys need to jump off, um, go for it. It's okay. I'll understand. Um, all right, Lana, you have the floor. What happened in your on your DC trip yesterday? Well, I just want to point out, I see Stephen Horn commented in the comments, and he was uh, there with Raleigh, well... North Carolina people. I know he traveled on a bus uh, from our area, I believe. He might be a great person. I see it says he was inside with the mob as a journalist, and he's a trusted, I would trust his perspective on that. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, you know, we went as a family, my husband and my two kids, and uh, we prayed a lot before we went. I, you know, I had a lot of hesitation because of the kids and uh, rumors, you know, lots of rumors flying around. Everything that I've attended in the past, um, for the most part, has always been peaceful. Even when I would go downtown uh, during some of the uh, late May into June and July events, uh, the time of day that I was there, you know, people weren't destroying things, uh, even with, you know, Black Lives Matter events. Um, I know late at night, that wasn't always the case here in North Carolina. So, but for me, the things that I've attended personally and things that I've attended with my kids, everything has always remained peaceful. Um, there was only one time where we 
experienced needing to send the kids home and thankfully we had two cars and so I stayed while um while Nick took the kid my husband took the kids home um and arrests were made uh, not long after that here in in Raleigh so we went open-eyed knowing that in a large group of people you can't control everyone <laughs> and, right and your primary I, I always feel like my primary role as a wife and mom is to stay wise and aware of what's going on around us and um, pay attention to uh, intuition that you might have when you get a sense that something might not really be going right right now. Um, primary role as wife and mom is uh, be the adult and keep the kids safe, right? <laughs> so, so we went into it wide open. Uh, we felt like it was likely a very historic occasion and um, very important for our kids to know the importance of being involved as citizens and being aware of what's taking place. And so off we went with a large group of people. We even debated, should we take our own vehicle? Do we feel safe being on a bus? Because to be quite honest, you know, you've seen stories this year of buses being surrounded um, on occasion. And so, you know, is it better to be in a large group of people that's going to be trapped on a bus or is it better, you know, to have your own vehicle and, uh, have your own way of escape. And with the streets being shut down, you know, we knew that, um, the mayor had shut down a lot of the area. And so we knew parking could get really complicated. Do you want to walk a long way with kids under 10? You know, all of those questions. Right. So that, that was our experience going in. And uh, once we arrived, uh, we stayed with a small group of people. But even our group that intended, you know, we had every intent to stay together as a group of about 10 to 12 people. And even our group of people with the intent to stay together ended up separated because of the amount of people and the density of the crowd. So um, then of course, wife and mom kicks in and you're not worried about the 10 to 12. Your, your primary concern is your little crew. And so, <laughs> and so it was, I'm sorry if they get separated from us. Our job is to stay together as husband, wife, and kids. And so we literally like, uh, there were points going in where we were all holding hands in a chain, you know, just like in kindergarten when they grabbed that rope and walked down the hall together. And um, and then even on the way out, you know, once the march began and we were supposed to be headed toward Pennsylvania Avenue, our our family was more peaceful about staying on Constitution. And so we just stayed on Constitution. And there was just as large of a crowd on Constitution as there was on Pennsylvania. So... And then when you looked, I don't know what the street to our right was, but it was the same situation on the parallel street to our right. Um, when you got to an intersection and you looked across, you saw that there were crowds on both streets parallel to you. And so, um, of course, the march wasn't as dense as the event because at the event, uh, people were trying to see the screens, you know, the projector screens. Mm -hmm. So that they could actually hear the speaker, the people that were speaking. And that was from 8 a.m. until um, I believe President Trump didn't stop speaking until around one. 
Uh, yeah, I he like, went for 90 minutes or something. He did. He did. And he it was funny because he got into the details. Um, he doesn't, a lot of times he doesn't get into details, nitty gritty. He tends, the times where I've listened to him speak and been at rallies, he's very focused and keeps it really quite short. Um, but he got into the details of uh, the constitutional lawyer that they had been uh, listening to and gaining advice and insight from and uh, the details of the election integrity and the concerns of um, what had happened in Georgia the night before and yeah, uh, the, consistent, yeah, the consistency of what had happened there with the electronic um, devices and all of the trusted, you know, physical resources and how they were very similar to what had happened on November 3rd. And uh, so, so yeah, and then, you know, just now we're all surprised, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes ago, he's decided to go ahead and concede. Yeah, I so, kind of want to share that. Do you ladies all realize that he conceded? And then um, Stephen, I did send him a link. And Stephen, if you check your email, it's a live link. If you just click on it and um, I would add you to the live stream and then you could tell us what the interior was like. Uh, if you if you want to accept, I think you sent me the email already. So if you're listening, it's pretty basic. These ladies figured it out. Um, it would be fun to have you on. So don't be scared. Stephen um, is—he's such a faithful um, Wake County citizen. He yeah. isn't—he isn't very old, um, but solid. So his parents have done a good job with him. He. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> the four ladies here, we have uh, families and children in common. Um, and then, yes, yeah, Stephen would just bring a different perspective. So, yeah, click on that link and I'll add you to the live stream. Um, the basic directions are normally you can join from your cell phone or your laptop. And um, should we play uh, Donald Trump kind of? I mean, it looked like a concession speech to me um disappointing a couple of minutes ago on twitter like before we went live did y'all see that are you there leslie <laughs> yes i am here um, i don't want anybody to cry on camera so i'll ask you first yeah well i did see it and it was at, uh, one of the lawyers i think lynn wood and, and ron code monkey z had basically said be very careful about what he's saying and read you know listen to every word and so I'll just leave it at that I'm not exactly sure uh, what he is saying I have to think about it and and, and, and make my decision um, but y'all listen for yourselves yeah well let me I'll try to play it um, and it looks like Stephen is joining us maybe I'll have him talk before I play that I could play that at the end um hey there thanks for joining Hello. us all right we have a fun little group tonight <laughs> So, Stephen, how was your day in Washington, D.C. yesterday? It was it was pretty crazy, pretty crazy. That's how I'd have to describe it. I was uh, not really expecting uh, the day to end up like it did. So you went inside the building? Yeah, yeah. So uh, oh. I was sort of prepared in case I needed to do any journalism. Okay. I've done some reporting on the you know left-wing riots in raleigh so i was sort of prepared to do uh somewhat covert recording that's right so, at the last rally that i forgot about that so what did you see 
Yeah, so I wasn't I wasn't there when uh, the the fences surrounding the Capitol were first breached. So I wasn't on like the front lines at that point. When I got there, there had already been multiple layers of fencing that had been knocked over. Whoops, that's across your head. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so and you can look at some videos by I think like Elijah Schaefer of sort of the first fences getting knocked over. You okay. know, people punching police. You know, uh -oh. there's like five officers there or something at first. When I got there, those fences were already knocked over. Mm -hmm. I started recording when I was, uh, I guess there's sort of like a parking lot along Pennsylvania Avenue for the last little stretch before it gets to the White House. So I started recording there. I was like, something, something is going on. Something is going on. Because actually on the way there, you know, someone in the crowd was shouting out like, like, hey, I'm seeing online they breached the Capitol. And I was thinking, that that can't be true. They breached the Capitol. Like, that's that's ridiculous. That's just a rumor going around. But when I got there, turns out it was it was completely true. Now, they hadn't actually breached the inside of the Capitol when I got there. When I got there, uh, there was, so I was on sort of the northwest, the northwest side of the Capitol. So there, there was, a, there was scaffolding set up that was covering part of sort of that set of stairs. So when okay. I got there, people were starting to climb up the scaffolding. There were police on the steps. And the riot police, I believe they were around the bottom of the steps. But the crowd was able to bypass the riot police by climbing up the scaffolding. And I don't know if anyone has seen this video, but someone tried climbing up the side of the stairs. The police pushed him off. He fell a good distance. And I heard he broke both of his legs when he hit Ooh. the ground. I did see I didn't see him fall, but I did see him on a on sort of a improvised stretcher on the ground there. Who has a dog? Uh, someone was saying he broke both of his legs. Okay. I don't know if that's true. I don't believe he's one of the people who has been reported to have died, but uh Sounded like he was pretty seriously injured. And that was um, a protester? Uh, yeah, yeah. Climbing up the side of the steps. He was like uh, sort of on the outside of the steps, like where you tell your children not to play if they're near steps. And the uh, police pushed him off. You can you can find the video of that online. Ooh, ouch. So, oh, I still have a... Bro, hold on. You guys are muted because of your background uh, interference. Let me click off that. I'm sorry. Somebody just rang our doorbell and the dogs are going crazy. All right. Thank you I have for no joining idea. <laughs> You got to hop off then, right? Uh, no, I'm okay. My husband's talking oh. to them, but I just don't know who it is at the door. This okay. Hour. No problem. <laughs> I can mute you and, and take you on and off and whatever. Um, the, the leg break is some serious business that I can feel that pain. <laughs> yeah. I did not know about that. I did not hear that story. Yeah, um, I, I did hear a, like a scream before I saw the guy. I'm not sure if it was him, but it sounded pretty rough. Oh my gosh! So and we should, we should so did we get video of that. Um, not of him falling, or I did get. You know, I was recording as I walked up. You know, going back, you can't really see him. You can sort of see the people gathered around him. But other people did get video of him on this piece of fencing that the police were using as a stretcher. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. there's another video where you can see him up on the railing and the police officer push him off. Mm -hmm. Oh, goodness. And I yeah. saw, I'm not sure it was the same police officer, but 
you know, right after that, one of the police officers might have been the same one who pushed him up, but a police officer in the same place was like, you know, flipping off the crowd, making rude gestures. Shortly after that, people started uh, throwing stuff they found at those officers. Shortly after that, those officers got out of there. And I believe they were treated inside the building because after that, the crowd just went, went right up to the doors, broke the doors, smashed the windows, went inside. Mm -hmm. So there is, so I mentioned the riot police, they were at the bottom of the stairs. So they basically got bypassed entirely. The police officer that did the pushing and that were getting this, the, you know, all the stuff thrown at them, those were not in riot gear. They just, you know, looked to be wearing their normal uniforms. So after that, you know, they went inside, sort of, uh, I guess one interesting thing is as I was going in right at the door, I passed a journalist. I recognized him. His name is Elijah Schaefer. I don't know if any of you have heard of him, but he, he covers Antifa a lot. And he was saying like, hey, just to let you guys know, once you're in there, they have the right to use live rounds. Ooh. So right after that, I heard a couple bangs. I will say I heard a lot of bangs, loud noises, thumps, explosions. I, I'm pretty sure they were not all gunshots. I think some of them might have been heavy stuff falling or, you know, maybe tear gas or something, maybe flashbangs going off. But right then I was like, okay, I just heard that they could use live rounds. I just heard some explosions. So I actually went out at that point. And came back in after, you know, a minute or two. After you saw people weren't getting fired down, I guess? I, and I, yeah, I just heard the explosion. Or I heard the loud noises. I wasn't sure they were gunshots. Now, I don't, from the timeline, I don't think it lines up that that's when they shot the woman who eventually died. I think that was a little later. Which okay. I probably heard that too. But I couldn't point it out to you. There's just, you know, loud noises occasionally. So what show, so we should ask, I should ask all of you, do you know what entrances you are near? Like there's South and East and all that stuff. It sounds Steven like East. I was near Steve, where Steven was. I was okay. on the yeah, back so side. That of the would Capitol. be the West coming from the Washington monument would be the West side. Yeah. Okay. I was standing on the fountain and um, facing that the backside of the Capitol. I could see the guy or several people. I'm not sure. Um, again, I've got video, but I'd have to go review it again. There's like so much information in my head right now, but I could see him climbing the scaffolding and several people trying to get up the stairs there and the police trying to get them down. I, I didn't see the guy fall though. I don't think unless I just looked down so, and I have it on video. I erase it. That. No, I'm like, Let me try sharing my now. screen. I can actually, I have a diagram. Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty sure I was on, uh, a, just like Paula, I was on the Washington Monument side. So my understanding, though, is that a group was entering the back side of the building as well. And it's hard to know. I mean, there were so many people. And to be honest, as we were marching, we paused for a short time in front of the um, Department of Justice. And um, I texted a few people from there because we finally were getting service that wasn't so sketchy. And um, as we approached the Capitol, 
there was that wave like Stephen is talking about. And so it sounds like he was kind of on the front of that wave. And then we paused for a little bit and we would have ended up in the middle to maybe the second, third of that wave. And then there were still people behind us, even as we watched, you know, the crowd, because I don't know about you guys, Paula and Stephen, but when we were marching at first, before, and Leslie, <laughs> um, as we were marching at first, when, when you looked ahead, like when we looked ahead, there were people for as far as our eyes could see all the way toward the Capitol. And there were people when we looked behind us, as far as we could see. And so it, there wasn't, I mean, the crap, when they talk numbers, and then when I think about how both of the s streets parallel to us, every time we were crossing an intersection, we would look and sure enough on each side, you know, there were people there as well. So when they talk about numbers and they put them in, at the 100,000 or 250,000 mark, it makes me smile because I keep thinking about how many people it would take to flood all three streets that were parallel to one another. And it would take way more than a few hundred thousand people. So. Um, yeah, I understand the, the density. Um, so what, did you guys say what entrance on this map you would have been at? It's back by that circle in the back. Um, yeah, I yeah, believe so. Can, so. You, can you see this map I have up? Yeah, yes. it's yeah. So I I came in where this this one is. Uh, that's the entrance I came in. Um, I believe people also came in from the the other side of the building, which is actually a level up. Um. So I believe. Well, maybe I have it backwards. But anyway. Yeah, so so I basically came in this side here after coming up the the stairs. And the next confrontation with police that I saw was actually in this room in the center that's uh, basically the basement of the rotunda. Um, I oh think there's- uh, Are you crazy? Oh, yeah, <laughs> so I, I've seen some footage from, uh, from Elijah Schaefer from that room as well of, you know, sort of people punching the officers, sort of a brawl breaking out. I didn't see that, I was sort of the back of the room. I did see someone throw a fire extinguisher at the officers. I saw someone throw water from a water bottle. Okay. Um, eventually, I'm not sure, I guess maybe it was because of the brawl, but eventually the officers sort of got pushed out. And the crowd took, took that room as well. Um, I believe after that, after that, most people headed up into the rotunda and most of the people in the group I was with went down towards the House of Representatives, which is on the, that same level. Um, so I believe there wasn't, there wasn't much police there, not, not enough to mount a serious resistance. So they went, banged on the door to the House of Representatives for a while. Oh my God. I'm pretty sure it was the House of Representatives. It's possible I've gotten it switched. I've looked at the mask, but it's possible I've gotten it switched around. It was actually the Senate. I'm pretty sure it was the House of Representatives. 
So they were there. I actually looked out the window at one point and I saw a plaza down there that had like, you know, 50 to 100 cops just standing around and no protesters. So I was wondering, mm -hmm. like, did they successfully drive the whole crowd off? But it turns out they were just there, not doing anything. So I'm not sure what was up with that. Well, so I think the, part of that might yeah. have to do with, so in all these months, one thing that I've learned is state capital police have authority to do certain things on certain property. City police have authority to do certain things on certain property. And then there are actually, I believe, when you say state capital police, there are also for like North Carolina, I know the North Carolina General Assembly has yeah. their own team of people. Mm -hmm. So state capital police is actually its own entity. And then within our legislative, you know, General Assembly building, they have their own people. And my understanding, yeah. and I know our experience as we walked was um, police actually came up behind us on Constitution Avenue and you could hear them far away yeah. in the distance, slowly making their way through the crowd. The crowd began, and I don't know how far you were at that point ahead of us, but I know that, um, <clears throat> that the crowd that was moving forward, a large number of them stopped moving forward and started saying, they're going to try to stop us. They're going to try to stop us. And so they decided that they wanted to block the street and prevent. And I don't know, you know, if this was city police or mm -hmm. whatever their various, their versions of what I just said about North Carolina, you know, yeah. there's city police. And then I'm sure there are Capitol police and there are yeah. probably even congressional police, you know, who knows how yeah. many. And I've heard of Capitol police. <laughs> I don't, I haven't heard of the, of, you know, any branch of Congress or anything having their right. own separate police force. So I know there's Capitol Police and Secret Service in the building. I'm not I'm not sure of any other departments that were there. And then I can't believe you went in. And then somebody mentioned the National Guard. Was that you, Stephen? That um I know I know I had seen in the news that like <laughs> three hundred some had been approved to deploy or something unarmed. I didn't I had seen some I had seen some around the city, at least when I was like riding on the metro or something. I did not see any in the Capitol. Um, what made you want to go inside? And are you worried about like now being in trouble? Because I know that folks online were like um, the young woman, Ashley Babbitt, well, she was, quote, like a criminal. So what did you expect for them to do? Because she entered um, onto that property. So I don't agree with that. That's somebody else saying that. People are all emotional online and everywhere, of course. But are you worried about consequences now that you went in? I mean, I went, I went in solely to, uh, to record what was happening. I did not go in to participate in the riot or protest or whatever you want to call it. You know, if, if I wasn't recording, I would not have gone in at all. Just okay. like, you know, the riots in Raleigh that I went to, you know, I went, I went to, to record them, not to uh, support the cause. So I'm, right. I'm not really worried about it. If they come after me, well, I, I sort of think it's worth the risk of making sure that, that <laughs> accurate information gets out there. Absolutely.
Was and I actually was going to say, thanks for being uh, courageous enough in that moment. I'm curious what Leslie yeah. thinks of all this. Yeah. She hasn't chimed um, in in a while. <laughs> well, I'll tell you why, because um, just like Lana, I was as a mom thinking that, you know, I need to keep my group safe. And I'm the one that has been to several other events and I haven't really experienced anything very bad at all. So I really just wanted to keep my group safe and I just wanted to make sure to look around in my surroundings. And there were so many people that we had at one point decided that if we got split up, we were gonna go to the, uh, the field surrounding the Washington Monument. And at one point we looked back and the field was completely full. So it was, there were people everywhere from the White House all the way up to the Washington Monument and every single, you know, spot in between. And we were just like, okay, well, there's, there's nowhere to go at this point. You know, we are, we are crammed in here. But I will tell you this, that when I was at the White House, I was inside the security area and I was in the group of people that were listening to Trump speak. And he was speaking at one o'clock. He was speaking at like 12 or 12, 15 or something like that. And until about one fifteen, he spoke over an hour. And he did his usual rally, you know, he played, you know, Gloria and Macho Man and stuff like that beforehand. And then when he got up there, he, he you know, gave a lot of details, like when I was saying, but at one, at, at one, I think, oh, three, um, and the gentleman on the phone here just now mentioned it, that I got that same notification that somebody said that the, the Capitol had been breached. Trump was still speaking on stage and I was just, I got really fearful. And it just scared me because I couldn't imagine with a million people there what that was going to look like. You know, it, you know, was the building going to burn down? Like, what is happening over there? And meanwhile, there were, you know, the hundreds of thousands of people that were over at the White House. So we were we were so far away from the Capitol that we just very carefully went. So after he was done, you know, he played YMCA and he was up there dancing on stage. And it was just surreal because of how crazy it was in the virtual world or whatever, you know, in the news world right now at this moment with everything going down at the Capitol, and he's just doing this regular old rally, you know, and, uh, and we left and we decided we were going to go, but we didn't want to get close and we definitely weren't going to go inside. So, you know, you're much more courageous than we were, but we stopped um, and we stayed by the reflective pond and we sat right on the edge of it and we just experienced like, you know, a usual rally really. And so we never saw anything of what has been shown on TV. So I'm, I'm oh, glad wow. for somebody to have gotten that information. And, 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 you know, it's heartbreaking in some cases. And it's just, it, you know, I've, we just spent a lot of time, honestly, truly praying. We prayed with Proud Boys, we, you know, with people that we just met. And we just really, it just broke my heart to see what was happening. And, it, it, you know, and, and I've come away from that thinking like, wow, I had this amazing weekend, met so many people. We sang songs and danced and prayed and, you know, really talked about God. And I actually did interview. I, I felt like Angela because I interviewed a Chinese uh, journalist who had escaped um, on a boat to Hong Kong uh, from China. And I wanted to hear his story. And I'm going to post that on Facebook um, a little bit later. But um, Yay. I'm glad I had that effect on you. <laughs> Where'd you go? I can't hear you now. Oh, I just went ahead and put you on uh, mute for a second. But y'all oh. continue on because I think there was some more exciting things uh, that, that were being discussed. But all that right. was all I saw. Okay, thanks for weighing in. All right, what else you guys got? So Even when, when, oh, go, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Who is going? 
Oh, I was going to say when Leslie, that was Leslie, right? She said that mm -hmm. um, at 103, she got a notification that the Capitol had been breached. Um, from what I can recollect, we were still down listening to Trump and our group decided to, um, because we were so um, sardine packed in there to leave a little bit early and get ahead of the crowd and get up to the Capitol. So we were some of the first people up there after Trump spoke and I, I had no idea and, and anything had been breached or you couldn't see that at all. Like who were those people who breached it? Were they part of, you know, it just makes me wonder who were the people who started that because we were some of the first people up there and we did not see that. And of course we were on the other side, but still there was no indication that that had happened, nor did I get notification that that had happened right away. We but. didn't even have cell service. That was my question to Leslie was how in the world did she get good cell service to even get that notification? Because our service, so we had uh, three devices and two, two different carriers and neither carrier was consistent enough. Angela had even texted me at one point just because she hadn't heard from me wanting to know if I was okay. And I was trying to get a text message to her just to say, yeah, I'm fine. We just have zero service. That's why I haven't sent any video or said anything because every time, like I barely could get words sent out to her. Like, <laughs> so, so I'm amazed that Leslie even got a notification because where we were, and it might've been that six foot thing, we were so densely packed in that it's possible because everyone around me was the same way. They had no service yeah. most of the time. So. So I can tell you I had, how I did that or how I had the notification. Uh, so I could not get any text out either. And I could not receive or make any calls either. And I could not get internet or Twitter or anything. Nothing was working at all. But I don't know why this is the case. But I follow a lot of people on Twitter where I get instant notifications every time they post. And so the little banner would come across the top of my screen and I can read it. Even if if I press it, I couldn't read it because it would take me into the Twitter program, the Twitter app. But if I um, just read it from where from when, the, you know, from the notification screen, it would let me do that. And the, the one that I got was from Elijah Schaefer. And it just said, breaking, Patriots have stormed the Capitol building ground and breached the federal barriers and police in the masses. No self-service, but video coming. Non-lethal force in display. Never seen anything like this. Insane thousands occupying. And that's when, honestly, I got a little bit emotional. I had the person next to me and almost started crying. And, uh, you know, when it said thousands protesting, it, it made it sound like there were thousands inside the Capitol and the thing was burning. And I just really got scared. Um, that's the only way that I was able to find out about it was that notification. But otherwise, I couldn't call out. I couldn't text and I couldn't do anything. And we stayed there until 1.30 and because we couldn't get out because there was nowhere to go because of, you know, all the people. They were filing down Pennsylvania Avenue. And we tried to get away from a little bit of the crowd and went down the mall, but we didn't get there until um, until after everything had happened. It didn't look like anything had happened, like you guys were talking, right? 
Yeah, I don't think anybody saw anything happening other than Stephen. Paula mentioned hearing some loud sounds, um, but she didn't know what they were. She saw like people um, just acting normal and ignoring it, so she didn't react to it. Um, I don't think Lana mentioned any sounds. She just they the two yeah. like Lana and Paula mentioned the dense, dense crowd where it was like hazardous uh, if there were an emergency. Um, and then Stephen is a maniac that went into the building. <laughs> the noise that we heard, kidding, <laughs> was, um, we were, we still hadn't crossed the street onto the Capitol lawn where the barricades that Stephen talked about were those barricades. Like Stephen said, they were already moved when we arrived, they were moved out of the way and everybody was on the steps and people were already climbing up on the scaffolding um, all the way around. It wasn't just one side, you know, as we walked toward the Capitol, it was just on one side of the scaffolding. And then with time, you started seeing them fill up that hole. And I later found out that that was supposedly for the inauguration, which was canceled or whatever. And then the questions arose of, well, why is it even still up? You know, if there's not even going to be an inauguration. And um, as we walked toward the barricades, we heard the pow pow. Um, we turned around and looked at it, you know, the people nearby and you're far enough away that you're not sure what kind of pow pow that was. And uh, it was just two, all we heard. And then rumors started coming back among the people. Oh, it's, it's, they're just releasing tear gas. The crowd is getting uh, a little too agitated. So they're releasing tear gas to push people back. Um, and then as we got closer, the word was that someone had been shot. Um, and we, uh, they said, but it was just that the people passing the word said, but it's just a rumor, nothing confirmed on our end, but that's the rumor is that a girl was shot. Um, and we continued to move forward um, toward the lawn of the Capitol. And that's where I started taking video once we reached inside the barricade on those steps. And then I wandered our way through the, and I kept videoing until um, they unfurled the flag. When we had been over at the Washington Monument area, um, they had passed this gigantic flag among the crowd. Did, were you part of that, Paula? Did you get to? No, but I, I saw two gigantic flags. Well, actually three. I saw two American flags and then one in the distance on the lawn behind the Capitol. And I couldn't make out what was on that one. Okay. So during the speeches um, between Constitution Avenue and the Washington uh, Monument, uh, they were passing this giant flag among the crowd. Um, a little bit, it reminded me of when you're young and in PE class, how you use the parachute and put it up over your head and then you sit on it, right? Only there was no way we could all sit down. And so, um, and so everybody just kept passing it. So it looked like it was a flag just waving, you know, the dynamic of it was really beautiful. And, um, and so as you marched and then you get toward Congress, um, as we were going up the lawn and we stopped because uh, there was some dynamic among our family happening. Um, and I was willing to move forward because I was getting some things going on and I'm very interested in what it is. Um, but my daughter, as well as my husband, you know, I had to listen to their nudges. And so um, their nudges were saying, let's pause. And so we paused and got to know some of the people near us. 
I got to meet some incredible patriots from Pennsylvania. They've had a nightmare up there. And so we spent some time with them and um, sweet lady saw my daughter's countenance and said, does she need some candy? You know, I've got candy in my backpack. And I said, oh, well, she's, my got God. she's got a backpack. You know, I'm filled. the mother who doesn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> the kid loves it, but I'm like, please yeah. like, no. Yeah. So anyway, it was, it was, so we paused and as we paused um, up on the scaffolding, they had passed one of the giant flags. I don't know which one, because Paula says there were a few that she saw during the speeches. So I didn't know there were a few, um, but one of them ended up hanging uh, from the scaffolding. And I, I posted that video on MeWe just because it was a very, um, people started cheering USA like as it happened. And it was a very uh, patriotic unified moment as that happened. Like it reminded me, I remember my government teacher, teacher in high school talking about how she had been there when the wall came down in Germany. And um, for some reason in that moment, as they unfurled that flag from the scaffolding, I thought to myself, um, this is the moment I want to remember. Uh, and the crowd just cheering USA, USA. Um, it was, it was interesting. It'll certainly be a day that goes down in the history books. Yeah. Probably uh, not, probably not for like, the good effect on like uh, the wall yeah. coming down. I'm not, I'm not predicting that, that the consequences Sadly. will be all good. Sadly. Yeah, it's unfortunate that a few can ruin um, a great experience for so many. Um, and that can happen at any rally, like Lana was mentioning. We've seen it happen at the local rallies uh, in, in North Carolina where someone said, oh my gosh, it's just a group of fringe whatever, fill in the blank, fringe extremists or whatever they want to call them or if they see a you know a political flag that they hate that candidate um like we have seen for the past four years here um i mean uh, they just keep going and going and they never stop um and so i i did take his message trump's message by the way um i wanted to deal with that i was gonna live stream well i was gonna stream his speech because so all of you don't think it was a concession speech can i just I say one more thing yeah. And one more thing, just because I think it's important. Um, towards the end of, I guess maybe like 15 minutes before we left, a young man came up to the group, not just our group, but the whole group of people who was at the fountain. And he was breathing rapidly and all frenzied. And he said, he said, I need you guys to help us. I need you to come up to where they're tear gassing. The police are tear gassing children and women and special needs kids. And we need you to come, we need you to come help. And so we were just like looking at him and he was all panicky. And my, my husband said to me, my husband said, I think he's an agitator. Don't, don't listen to what he's saying. And hmm. he was trying to get everybody up there and all riled up. And, you know, I have a special needs daughter. We, we have a special needs daughter. And so that, that kind of struck, you know, that, that strikes an emotional note in you. And then my husband's like, no, 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 no. He's an agitator. Don't, don't get involved in this. And um, so my husband started watching him after he had spoken with us. And sure enough, he, he was just walking through the crowd after that. He didn't even go back to where he was telling everyone to go. 
one man from our area got up and went up there to get involved. I don't know what happened to him, but I just, I just think that's important for people to know that weird stuff was happening like that. And it was yeah. not organic. It didn't feel organic. It, it felt staged. Um, did you I... see the white vans? Uh, speaking of like stage stuff, I saw, I saw a video, but it wasn't clear to me, but um, someone shared a video, a bunch of white vans. And then here's Antifa. They were trying to per portray the, um, but I think they were like more Mercedes vans that I had seen here in North Carolina that were like similar to what our electors used or something. I forget. Wasn't it Mercedes, Lana? You saw it. Um, so in DC, it looked like the same thing happening again, but, um, there, so a guy was showing his screen on his phone, like Leslie's on here, but I mean, imagine identifying, um, uh, me, me telling you, Hey, this is Antifa. And then, um, being able to, okay, yeah, you're right, Angela. Like, there's no way you can tell from a, from a, a video of a cell phone video. Like it was literally a video inside of a video. So since you all were there, did you see anything like that? Can you? Can you speak to seeing any um, other than what Paula already mentioned? Um, I mean, I'll just I'll just say, I I didn't see anyone that that was acting like Antifa. Um, I I've heard the claims that oh, it's just Antifa. Most of most of what I saw, it was I would say the largest sort of contingent and the makeup of the mob that was inside would be like uh, basically Trump supporters like sorry keep getting phone calls but uh, you know Trump supporters wearing MAGA hats uh, not wearing masks um, which just for one thing like Antifa so they're going to wear masks when they go riot but not when they're rioting, pretending to be from a different political affiliation. That just didn't make sense. Their behavior sort of matched, matched behavior I had seen in the crowd outside at the rally, just up a level. So, you know, that was, that was the biggest contingent. There were also people sort of more like uh, militia style, wearing camo, masks, helmets, things like that. There were people more like not, not, not wearing like camo, but wearing gas masks or other things. Mm -hmm. So there, there were, there were probably some people who, I don't know, not Antifa, but was sort of sympathize with them somewhat, like sort of maybe Boogaloo, more, libertarian radical libertarian or somewhat anarchist so it wouldn't shock me if there were some people there who had protested with black lives matter or antifa in the past but more sort of in between or all government is bad not the antifa version of everyone we don't like is a fascist and you know left-wing authoritarianism is fine so that that's what I saw. I didn't. I don't think there's really much credence to the claim that Antifa was behind everything. Yeah, and I don't think people realize the guy with the horns was not Antifa. Yeah, uh, I think it, I I thought I addressed that yesterday, but I guess it wasn't clear or not enough people had seen the um, video Jackson and I did yesterday about him, um, where he was in the thumbnail. The 
two pictures of the guy with the horns um, and the kind of like Braveheart face, I guess. I don't know. Um, but he had, he was just, there was a picture of him seen at a BLM rally, but that doesn't mean he was part of the BLM group. Um, I think he was probably there protesting him. So I think that was already dispelled. So anybody listening, I see current arguments about that going on online as well. And then um, I know Lana mentioned some of the other folks maybe in that picture in the building with him, the guy, the Viking guy with the horns. Um, in addition to the Viking guy with the horns, let me just say, um, I did a live stream with Jax yesterday because he's the owner of Apex Tattoo Factory. And so as soon as I saw all the tattoos, I was like, what does this mean to you? Is this that pedophilia ring symbol? And he was like, that's actually the Viking symbol. It's very close. Um, it's not exactly that. So I do want to keep it a family friendly um, broadcast, but I guess little children should know to stay away from um, certain symbols, I guess. Um but anyway, other than that, I don't know much about that um, conspiracy theory or theory in general. But um, I think that was all I was going to say I, about uh, Angela. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I've seen some stuff all over Twitter. I wouldn't exactly call him Antifa, but I would call him um, like a almost like a professional protester. I'm talking about the guy with the horns and the the face paint. Okay. And, um, he actually had, and, and I'm not sure again, like, you know, verified or whatever. I went out to the, the website, but on like backstage.com, uh, he is listed as an actor, voiceover, artist, and singer from Phoenix, Arizona. His name's Jake Angeli or An Angeli or something like that. Right. But, um, but he's, he has been uh, in lots of pictures for climate change protests, um, BLM protests. And then most recently, QAnon uh, protests, which he's like, maybe, I don't know if this is like a role he's playing or what, but he seems to be at, at, at a lot of protests and showing up for a lot of different things and a lot of different reasons and all of them not necessarily on the same political aisle. So I mean, a very fishy situation with that guy. And then there are two others that have specifically been called out as Antifa. Um, and I I'm, was going to go through my pictures here because I'm talking and looking at pictures on the same phone. I may not be able to find it real quick, but, um, but there, there were others. And then, and then what I would say is that personally for me, I noticed what I would maybe less call Antifa, but more call agitators. Sure. Um, there were definitely yeah. agitators there and they were definitely there to try, try to get people involved. Um, they were pushing through. They were not like what I have ever experienced at Trump rallies or and not what I experienced down at the White House. So once you went from the White House and you walked with all the people that were seriously just like there to express their, you know, you know, their First Amendment rights. Um, but once you got down to the Capitol, um, every now and then there were uh, there were people running through, pushing and shoving and and trying to get through and then you'd see some proud boys chasing after them and things like that and they were usually the ones wearing like the helmets and the masks and um dressed in either like riot gear type clothes um some of them tan and some of them in all black with backpacks and stuff they just didn't look like trump supporters and then of course we know because we've we've seen the warnings that there were the um Trump supporters. But anyway, I would definitely say that I absolutely saw agitators for sure. And and what political party or what like organization they were from, I wouldn't like to say. 
but I definitely saw agitators for sure. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, um, it's good to talk out all these things. So nobody, none of the viewers have to agree with anything I'm saying um, hard and fast. So I think it's important to point out you all were there and you're not all thugs creating chaos, um, mobsters, you know, um, Stephen was able to go into the building and yeah, it may be against the law, but he, he can prove that he could go in and not be a thug, uh, rip paintings off the walls. Um, you know, what, whatever the guy's name is, Jake Angeli or whatever, you know, he can go be an agitator and peaceably assemble and not be part of Antifa at the same time. We can move in these different circles simultaneously. You yeah. know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Well, I think it's really important too to point out that no two perspectives, like even if Paula and Stephen and Leslie and I were all in the same proximity, the way Paula experiences it, the way I experience it, the way Stephen experiences it, the way Leslie experiences it, sure. literally within feet of one another can be vastly different. And I think it's really sure. important, especially in today's culture that wants one narrative um, because that's simpler. It's less confusing, right? It's really important that we remember that we can be standing side by side, watching and observing the exact same thing and have two completely different experiences because we're two unique human beings. And so the beauty of that and the complexity of that makes life a little more challenging. At the same time, I think it is crucial that just like you said, Stephen was inside the building he went in, went out, stole nothing, damaged nothing, and documented it for the purpose of being able to come out and say, I went in and came out for the purpose of documenting it. Yeah. And, I mean, and without great. him going in, we wouldn't have a trusted voice from Wake County that we've been around telling us, I went in, came out, my experience was, I didn't see people necessarily damaging lots of things. I saw people banging on doors. I saw, you know, and I think it's crucial that freedom, in my opinion, a, a friend recently reminded me that freedom always wins in the end. You know, when we're censored in certain locations, ultimately the censoring is going to upset enough people that desire and understand the value of freedom and they're going to want to leave to find a place to share because voices matter you know steven's perspective and what steven did is important leslie and her perspective and what she did with her group is important what paula did with her group is important everybody everybody and their perspective uh need in my opinion needs to be valued and as equally as possible um, and sadly, you know, that's slowly deteriorating the value of that and um, the respect of that, it, it seems to slowly be deteriorating. So I want to thank Paula and Stephen and Leslie for going. Yeah, thank you all for going. And thank you, Angela, for staying because um, you have helped me recuperate and stay up to date um, <laughs> as I was so tired today. So. <laughs> Yeah, I did warn a couple of people. Oh, did you hear this happen? I think um, y'all's phones were unlocked. But I, I'm sorry, Leslie, I didn't think about telling you. Um, I was in a group message. And so I was like, okay, here's an update. Because I was watching Newsmax all day. And 
I don't know if you guys believed it to be true or false or whatever, if you all got it when I sent it. But um, I think I said something about they broke into the Capitol, right, Lana? Did you get I something think, about that? Yeah, but sadly, again, because of my sketchy service, I mean, we literally for five and a half hours, I couldn't depend on. And, and that's where I was really thankful. Our family had taken walkie talkies. Yeah. Um, our kids didn't necessarily know how to use them because we hadn't ever practiced before, but they were in their backpacks and they knew how to turn them on and they knew, you know, to listen. And so, and, and sit where they were and describe what they see until we come and find them. And so, <laughs> so Good plan. you know, um, well, thank I, you all for sharing. Um, I really, I feel like we could talk about a bunch of other things. I mean, I have a pen sign I could hold up and people could talk <laughs> smack about him right now. <laughs> um, apparently in the heat of the night, they did their electoral process and um, anybody that wanted a free and fair election that was up there rallying with you guys, I think that was the purpose. They didn't get, they didn't get a a fair um, examination. I don't think if the Congress critters were doing it in the middle of the night with, you know, the public not there and paying attention to what's going on. It's unfortunate. Um, that seems but, to be a, a consistent theme in the middle of the night while we sleep, yep. right? And yep. now, so we're going to have a Democrat, completely Democrat run everything. And um, these folks who are against walls and our four open borders are putting up a wall around the Capitol as we speak, a seven foot wall. And it's just astounding that they didn't do that in advance. And they want to blame all this stuff on mobsters and, you know, provocateurs uh, when they had weeks and weeks to protect the building and the lawmakers from you all, if you were in fact bugs or the 10 people who went in or 20, however many it is. Um, I do look forward to in seeing the hundreds. There was a chair for people to be able to climb from the lawn up and over to the steps near that oh scaffolding. Gosh. And then they would go ahead and move on because then they could skip the, the density of the crowd that was all on the sidewalk and the steps going up to the Capitol. I mean, y'all can go in there like later. Uh, you just got to walk through the security screen. You yeah. can go in there and talk to your Congress. Uh -huh. no, I did uh, get, get into areas that the public would normally not be admitted. So probably so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I had been in the um, whatever the basement thing was called under the rotunda. So kudos to you. Yeah, um, I, I, there's not much there, really. <laughs> Actually, well, there, maybe it is open to the public because there were some like exhibits. You want to like, go back? Washington, in, and a, stuff. in a normal situation. Well, for now, you probably won't be able to get in for quite a while now. <laughs> they might not let me in again. I don't know. I have visited in the past before. Before you all go, do you have a quick like one liner to encourage other people to um, take some action and get involved and maybe be vocal? Do do you have like, is there anything in the back of your mind that you wish somebody else would do? Like you all stepped out of your comfort zones today and did this live stream with me and we might sound dorky and we can't edit it. But you were still like, yeah, I'll do it. I want to share my story. I mean, WREL is not going to pick it up. Uh, you know, our local media organizations aren't going to care about me, the little guy. So what do you have to say to other folks out there like yourselves? Um, how can they get involved? Next year is not um, a presidential election, um, but there are city municipal races coming up for mayors, city council. 
Um, school board will be in two years, I think. So the cycle continues. Um, there's not really a down period. Um, the I think the, let me see, someone told me, was it judicial races are gearing up? Like their cycle will start again soon. I forget what I told Lana last week, but I mean, the cycle resumes. So do you guys feel like it's a lost cause for everybody going forward? Do you have advice, um, words of encouragement? What would you leave with today? I would say I would encourage people to turn off the news and start seeking real information and real facts about what happened mm -hmm. instead of all this spin. And mm -hmm. that's why I wanted to do this today. I'm, I'm so tired of just people reacting on emotion because they hear something on the news and then just slinging it about social media, causing damage left and right. They don't even realize it. They're just spreading propaganda and lies. And it's just, it's very frustrating. So I, my, my thing would be to encourage people to turn off the mainstream media, seek out the individual journalists, the eyewitnesses. That's one of the reasons we went yesterday. Mm -hmm. We wanted to be an eyewitness to history. We wanted to feel the vibe of what was going on with other Trump supporters across the nation and um, that's just really important right now. Seek out the facts. Do not take anything that anybody says without researching it yourself. There you go. Can anybody top that? That's going to be a hard one to top. <laughs> I can't top it, but I can definitely agree. I, I was just going to say the same thing. And just, you know, we do have to question the media. We do have to mm -hmm. question everything that we see um, and, and just research for ourselves. That's that is um, very, very, very important. Um, we can't become emotional um, over facts. We just have to pursue the truth. Mm -hmm. And on that note, I do think that we need to be praying for our country. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. We need to pray for our president. We need to pray for the future leaders. We need to pray for um, just all Americans and freedom and, and the whole world, really. So that that is that's a huge deal. This is a spiritual war as well. That could be a whole nother session, but mm -hmm. uh, but definitely question question uh, the media and and also just pray for our country. Wait, I have to say amen and amen to that. <laughs> amen and amen. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stephen, Lana. I would say two things are coming to mind. One is it's never too late to do the right thing. Whatever that thing that's on your mind um, is uh, that you have put off or you keep getting nudged thinking it's important, but then you make an excuse for why to not get involved or not today. I don't have time. Um, it's never, ever. I say that actually, I've said it outside of the mansion many times over the megaphone to uh, our Governor Cooper. Um, it's, it's never too late to do the right thing. Um, and the second thing that I would say is um, along those lines, it's really important that we know who we are and we know why we're here. Uh, because when we know who we are and we know why we're here, we have nothing to prove and nothing to lose. And I think uh, that speaks a lot for what Stephen did yesterday. I, I know he's very quiet natured uh, when you meet him. He, you know, he doesn't have a lot to say all the time, but when he speaks, um, there's no doubt that he knows who he is and he knows why he's come. Um, and, and I'd say the same for Angela. I haven't been around Paula or Leslie much, but it's really important that we know who we are and we know why we're here. And um, that goes along with what Leslie said in, in terms of spiritually, 
you know, the stuff that's going on politically, it's going to come and go. Um, Mm -hmm. But spiritual stuff is eternal. And it's really important that we that we know who we are and we know why we're here. Um, Because with that, we have courage that we wouldn't have otherwise. So you guys are so poetic tonight. Holy cow. I shouldn't say holy cow. That doesn't sound good after all that poetic (laughs) stuff. (laughs) And what about about you, Stephen? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, seeing the the riot or insurrection or mostly peaceful protests, whatever you want to call it, I think it was born out out of desperation. People were hoping for some extraordinary remedy after the election that somehow some way something special would happen and Trump would stay in office. And uh, honestly, even beforehand, I I didn't think it was too probable. Mm -hmm. You know, sure, there have been stuff with the Electoral College votes, but normally the Congress just accepts whatever the Electoral College says. So people were looking for something spectacular and that didn't happen. And so they're desperate and a lot of them, I guess, thought the only way something will happen is if we go into the Capitol building. <laughs> but what what does happen every year is that laws are made at the state level. Mm-hmm. So if if you have a problem with how your state does elections, you know, it's it's time to to take it up with your state legislature. Mm-hmm. Make sure they're doing their job because that is where the Constitution puts the responsibility for determining the, what is it, the time, place, and manner of elections with the state legislature. So that's what I'm going to be working on this year, hopefully making elections just a little more secure in North Carolina. And he has a great group on MeWe that um, he and another man are kind of oversee. So Okay. You guys should put um, any of your groups that are not – where you want to be. Like if you're trying to hop off of Facebook and get on the parlor or MeWe, um, you could put them in the comments and maybe that is a great way to connect multiple groups of people together. I think that might be a good way. Is that the comments on Facebook or somewhere Um, else? I'm going to download this and put it on Rumble later. I put it on Facebook for the live aspect where people can ask questions and comments if they so choose. We went way over. So I really appreciate you guys' time. Uh, you know, at first I thought it was just going to be me and Paula. So thank you. Thank you to all of you. Um, it was hard to get us all together, but I think your your personal stories are invaluable. And I think um, if we're ready for my final comment, oh, I would say, hi, Stephen. <laughs> no, that's not my final comment. I would say don't wait for a leader. Um, and and then I think you could take a little bit from each of us. So, for example, um, Lana was saying, you, you know what the right thing is to do, hopefully. I mean, I don't know. The leftists have skewed what is right so much that I think people are starting to think what's, what, what is right is actually wrong. So we, I think all of us... Um, can go to a, a, a specific book to figure out what is right and wrong. And um, I'll just leave it there to not like go down that route so, so deeply. But anyway, um, yeah, don't wait on a leader. You can always do the right thing. You can always act. 
Um, you can always restrain yourself as well. So, um, and then one thing I do ask the listeners to do is uh, share this. If you found found something of value out of this uh, live stream, um, we all gave our time today, and you know, hopefully, you did find some morsel of value or tidbit you didn't know before. And you know, maybe there was someone in your family who went up to DC who could benefit from hearing something. And don't forget, we covered a little bit of it last night about what we saw on the news. I watched Newsmax all day compared to leftist leftist news media and then um, also compared to social media. So we're trying to trying to dig in and keep us uh, following the right news path instead of the wrong because uh, why are people still watching Fox News? But anyway, f- find the truth. You can do it. Uh, it does take work, but it's it's possible. So keep asking you. questions. What's I that? Think your, yours is keep asking questions. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm too, too curious. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you all. Have a wonderful night and a happy new year. Uh, let's restart that new year. It was good to okay. meet everybody. Thank you, Thank you all Bye. for going. Thanks, Angela, good for being patriot. here. And being Bye. Thank you.